Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. gosh summer is here and i'm so hot i can't even tell you like you should see i have wrapped my clothing up as high as i can what does like, that mean like meaning, you made crop tops and shorts out of longer yes clothes? like i have a long flowy shirt and i have long flowy skirt but it's really you know flowy and so i've just i've just wrapped it up so that it looks like i'm you know wearing a mini skirt and a crop top do you mind if i ask why not you don't just buy those items <laughs> because i cannot go outside wearing these items out of the house. Oh, you see? Just hot. Yeah. So then I'm just hot and I'm just doing this and then that way it'll go away when I go outside. That's Hello. a shame. I know. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's too hot. And yeah. yeah. And we don't, and you just found out that I have no air conditioner. So, um, yeah. Which I'm still ignoring because how are you going to survive? You I guys might die in the mountains there. We, well, we have this, we have this thing that I think is kind of like a fan slash air conditioner slash dehumidifier thing that's on the wall that we used last night when we came home. So I'm still trying to figure out how that works because it, it didn't really cool things off too much, but it was enough, but it was cool. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to work. Oh my God. Yeah. And then we're going to be heading over to uh, uh, Texas. Yes. <laughs> Very soon, which we're Podcast assuming we're going to be. We're going to be nice and warmer. Yeah. It's going to oh be God. so hot there. But luckily yeah. we don't go out much. Leave the hotel. That is true. We will be in air conditioner, so that is is fantastic. And I'll be honest, I'm not going to mind because I'm not pregnant this time. <laughs> Last year, I was like, "Don't let me go in the heat." Oh yeah, but this that's time right. I'll be better. You'll yeah. be so much better. You'll be able to enjoy little things a little bit more. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Well, good. So you guys have to sign up for our workshop. Yeah, that is coming up. It's so going to be amazing. I, every time we talk about it, I have to pull it up on the web because we have three themes that we're going to be focusing on, yes. and I always forget the middle one. Do like you? I know that I I know the idea, but I forget it every time. It's empowerment, something, <laughs> and then oh, expansion, empowerment, <laughs> expansion, and then evolution. Yeah. For some reason, expansion like eludes me for some reason. Hmm. But yeah, empowerment, expansion, evolution, and basically these are advanced techniques for people who already have podcasts. Although if you're a newbie, I'm sure you'll get a lot out of it too. Yes. And yes, go ahead. No, no, (laughs) No, they all start stem from the fact that, you know, it's, it's so exciting and exhilarating to launch your podcast. That absolutely is. But there's all these little bits and pieces that people don't really talk about, uh, particularly about how to grow your audience or how to really get really keyed into the things that you want to do with your podcast. And I have found that it's not necessarily that we have a blue, like there's no blueprint for this. There's no like do these steps and get X. What I found that is going to be so empowering about this is that we'll get a chance to address your stuff. 
whatever yeah. that might be, live right and in there. person. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. there's nothing like that. In fact, we're going to be hearing about live events here very, very soon from uh, our ladies on the scene, <laughs> Podcast New England, um, who sent us some uh, voice feedback, and you'll get to hear that. And what's so fantastic is that you'll get an opportunity just to work on this kind of really in-depth level stuff. So please, if you're going and you're a woman, don't miss out. I mean, honestly, it's it it's just an it's a no brainer. At least for me, anyway. I'm like, oh my god, of course, this would be so great. So, yeah, I um, really wanted to go to that, and then I realized it was the last weekend I was going to be able to celebrate my little my son, my older son's birthday before he went uh, on vacation for the summer. So. I was really sad because I had I had everything like sort of all planned out that I was going to go and then I couldn't go. Yeah, and this podcast and movement. mind you, Jess just shifted the subject there, so she's talking about podcast New England now. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just wanted to make sure that they knew I, that. But but yes, yeah. she's, she's still going to podcast movement. But um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm still going to. Oh, of course, Dallas. I'm sorry. I thought we were still talking about the other one. I, I got confused. I'm sorry. It's all right. It's all right. And so, um, but yeah, it's going to be awesome. So if you guys are going to podcast movement in Texas, please go to the um, to the She Podcast one day workshop, and you will hear. Uh, you will you will have links in the show notes so that you guys can go ahead and sign up like as soon as you can because that would be really awesome. And Jess and I are working. Plus, there's an early bird discount. Yes, and still Jess lie. and I are still working um, to get some fun things going on for you guys. So hopefully, yeah. um, that will work out. Yay! Yay! So speaking of the live events, I kind of put out a little uh, call call to action, if you will, on the She Podcast group because there were a lot of she podcasters that showed up to the podcast uh, conference that was in New England. So podcast New England, which was also put on by Jared and Dan from podcast movement. And it was really fantastic to be able to hear a little bit of information from the ladies on the scene and what they learned and what they didn't and what the experience was like. And so here we are, we got three, we got a little bit, uh, three voice feedbacks. We have Liz Covart, we have Jessica Rhodes, and we have Amanda Doherty. I hope I said your last name. Dowdy? Dowdy. I'm sorry. I I know that. I think. I probably blew it, but Dowdy. Every time you say on the scene, I hear James Brown. Uh, On the scene. Get on the scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we're going to hear from them back to back to back. And this is about, I would say about an eight minute little sequence here, but I can't, I can't even tell you. It's going to be fantastic for you guys to hear their experience and what they got from going to a live event. And there's nothing like it. Especially Amanda's. Hers was really a different point of view than um, than we've heard before when it comes to live events. So yeah, this is going to be great. Okay. So here we go. Hello, Elsie and Jessica. This is Liz Kovart, host of Ben Franklin's World, a podcast about early American history and loyal She Podcasts listener. I love your show and I haven't missed an episode since I started listening about a year ago. So thank you so much for all the work and great content that you, you produce. I'm calling because I attended Podcast New England. It was my first podcast conference and I loved it. For eight hours, I got to geek out over podcasting with my fellow podcasters. And I got to meet fellow she podcasters, Jessica Rhodes, Katie Davis, and Mary and Pierre-Louis, among others, in person. They really do exist, and they are even more lovely in person than they are on their shows, which is saying something. Aside from meeting other podcasters that I admire and meeting and befriending new podcasters that I didn't know before this conference, I learned a ton. Speakers talked on a range of topics, and even when I thought I was familiar with a topic, I walked away with new information and tips that I will use to improve my show. 
One question I left Podcast New England with was, how can we best help our fellow podcasters? Is there anything more we can do to help our friends and colleagues promote their work when we can't have them as guests on our show? Thank you for your advice, and I look forward to meeting you at She Podcasters Workshop at Podcast Movement. Hey, Elsie and Jessica and listeners of She Podcast. This is Jessica Rhodes from the Roads to Success podcast and the podcast producers. And I'm calling in with some brief audio feedback. Uh, I wanted to tell you all about Podcast New England. So Podcast New England is a is an event that I went to last week on June 13th. Um, I spoke at the event. It's a regional one-day conference hosted by Jared Easley and Dan Franks, who are the guys that put on Podcast New England, and they've been doing a number of regional conferences, regional one-day conferences, um, as a way to you know give people an opportunity to kind of experience. I think the atmosphere of podcast movement, but locally and for one day. So they did one in San Diego, they did one in Chicago, and the most recent one was here in New England up in Boston, which is about an hour from me. And it was just a really, really great day. And and to be honest, you know, right now I'm eight months pregnant and I spoke at the event and <laughs> leading up to, the week leading up to it, I almost was regretting committing to it because for any mom listening, if you remember <laughs> the the last couple months of pregnancy, you really don't want to do anything. You don't want to go anywhere. And it was, you know, put on nice clothes and to be at a whole day event was, I was almost a little nervous for it, but I'm really glad that I went. It was, it, you know, the adrenaline kept me going. Um, I drove there with Katie Davis from Brain Burps About Books and she's so much fun. We had chatted online and then to just spend the day together and to drive together really just energized me. And, um, you know, now I have a great great new friend who lives about just an hour from me. So uh, just, you know, takeaways from the day. Um, a little bit about Podcast New England, actually. It was, you know, about 40 people there and there were sessions, speakers talking about how to not pod fade, tips on launching your podcast. Somebody talked about having a really niched podcast, um, lessons learned from 10 years in podcasting. And there was a really, really nice mix between talking about, you know, how to make money podcasting and some business and marketing stuff. Um, and also just talking about the medium. I, I, I'm not, there was a really, I know that there were business owners and entrepreneurs there, but it really was not a business focused event. So if you ever, if, if you're not podcasting for, for business and you tend to avoid events like this, cause you think it's for entrepreneurs, I would just encourage you to go because Dan and, and Jared are hosting these conferences really with a, a focus on podcasting as a medium and and how to have a successful show regardless of what your goal is with the show. So it was it was a great conference and I want to encourage everyone that if there is a regional conference in your area, if there's a meetup or if you're thinking about going to podcast movement um, go, even if you're nervous or uncomfortable. Uh, I just want to, you know, remind everyone that 
real growth happens when you get out of your comfort zone. And trust me, I was uncomfortable on Saturday and I do feel like I grew. So, um, definitely go there. You know, there are lots of people who, you know, will share a hotel room to cut down on the cost of the event. Um, but you know, it was a great experience, learned a whole lot, ate lunch with other podcasters, did just a lot of networking and brainstorming. Jared put some people on the hot seat where we could help them on their interview skills. So it was a great event and thanks for um, giving us this opportunity to send in some feedback about it. Okay. Bye. Hey, Elsie and Jessica. It's Amanda from Great Beer Adventure. So between sessions at Podcast New England, Jared was pulling people from the audience to talk to. I had mentioned to him earlier that my brand new podcast would include interviews. Between two of the sessions, I was jumping up to grab my cell phone. It was plugged in because of all the social media and Google mapping my way to the best beer in town had completely drained it. Jared called me up mid-phone recovery. I felt like I had a gyroscope going off inside me. I have pretty low self-esteem and am completely and totally socially awkward. I podcast because I love it and it gives me an excuse to talk to people. It lets me tell stories and be creative. It's just something that I really enjoy. But I was really nervous when he called my name. So I steeled my nerves as quickly as I could and I joined Jared up front. He told me he was going to put me in the hot seat and I was going to interview a stranger and get feedback from the audience. He had Joey from Appendipity come on up. Jared told me I had two questions, but I'm a bit of a rule breaker. First thing I needed to know is if Joey drank beer. So I tried to ask him on the sly so Jared wouldn't count it against me. I think I even snuck in another by asking if it were good beer that he liked. Jared let me know that I was on and I asked Joey about his first beer memory. I started my way through it. I re-asked the question slightly differently probably and then I let Joey take it away. He told us about a time that he snuck a drink of his dad's beer. Not just like a sip. He went in and he took beer out of the bathtub where they had iced it down. And he drank quite a bit of it and he got really sick This was all when he was eight. It was a really funny story, but it left me with one final question. Jared tried to turn to the audience for feedback, but I just had to know. After such an experience, when did Joey drink again? I cut Jared off and I asked Joey. He told us that he didn't drink again until his late teens. At this point, I relented to Jared and I got some really great advice from the audience. One specific thing from Dr. Ryan Gray that I need to remember is to say a question once, clearly, and then sit back and let the guest talk. No more stuttering, no more restarting. As a newbie, the experience was amazing. I was freaked out when I was up front, but getting to meet so many people and learning so much from each presenter was fabulous. I can't wait for next year. Thanks, Elsie and Jessica, for giving me the chance to tell this little tale. See you in the Facebook group. Yay! Thank you, ladies, uh, for taking the time to do that and for sending that to us. I can't yes, tell thank you, you so much. Yes, I can't tell you how important and powerful it is for you to hear your own voices talking about this stuff because there's something so incredible about the community's voices coming into play. And um, I'm just glad. Thank you very much for for doing that. We also are going to feature a little bit more feedback here coming up 
um, a little bit. But we also have so much more feedback that we're not going to play in this specific episode so that we can actually, Jess and I can actually talk to one another. Yeah, um, we had so much this week, which we're so grateful for. Thank you. But we just wanted to get the um, recaps out to you so you guys could hear what the live events are all about. Yes, absolutely. So we are now going to be moving on to kind of like uh, since our was our last episode the one about the the sponsorship? Oh no, the last episode was my my because you, we couldn't record together. The last time we recorded together, we were talking about the sponsorship and the Instagram and the five thousand dollar thing. Yeah, five that yeah. Yes, whatever. I believe you're correct. Yes, and so this this article was just posted on the She Podcast page um, by Carrie Eric. So hat tip to you, lovely. Um, and this is the headline: FTC puts social media marketers on notice with updated disclosure guidelines. And the bottom part of it is actually a sub headline that says the U.S. agency updates its FAQ page for endorsement requirements for the first time since 2010. The new guidance could proceed a crackdown. <laughs> You're not getting that. a warning. You're, You're not. going to get an action. Yeah, bum, that's bum, exactly bum. what they say on there. And so they're yeah. really, really cracking down, uh, especially with the kind of stuff that we were talking about in the last episode, Jess, with the whole... Um, celebrity endorsement, influencer endorsement. Um, they're talking about the YouTube uh, channels and stuff like that, where it says that with the YouTube, it's not okay to have it just on the website, that it's a disclosure. With the YouTube, you have to have it like at the beginning, front and center, conspicuous, and possibly even throughout the video that you got that. So I'm wondering... So this is everybody, right? This, this has is, to do with everyone. Oh my God! Yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone that has doing. That's any why it's kind. so important. Yeah, maybe they should know what the FTC is. Maybe they should know, or maybe you should know. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know what the FTC is. The Federal Trade Commission. Yes, yes, and they're yes. the ones that um, that monitor basically public communication. Yeah, all public communications. Like they're the ones that can find you for saying the F word on television, etc. Correct. Yes, absolutely, and yeah. all kinds of other things like this too. So this uh, this article is very, very much in depth, and it actually starts to talk a, a lot about very specific things like uh, contests and sweepstakes rules need disclosure. Um, yeah. When there is one, they were talking about an, uh, an example of Cole Han, Cole Han, who was, I guess, running some sort of some sort of Pinterest um, contest. Yeah, Cole Han. Yeah. yeah, and so They're, yeah. They weren't, they weren't really clear about whether or not it was a contest or how to get the rules or what the, you know, what the rules were, that kind of stuff. And, you know, stuff like that goes on Instagram a lot. Uh, I got to tell you. So it's going to be very I don't understand what they did wrong, though. Like it says, okay, so like basically they were supposed to pin pictures from, oh, from the Cole Haan website <clears throat> for a chance to win a $1,000 shopping spree. However, what they should have done was get people to pin pictures from the website saying, um, this is for a contest, not I love this shoe or whatever, because it's, it is deceptive because basically all these pins of Cole Haan shoes were going up and there was no rhyme or reason as to why it just seemed, and actually that is kind of spamming. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. It seemed like they were having, um, they really want to make sure that people start to use hashtags. So I think that's the easiest way to, to disclose, especially on Twitter, because, you know, there's also celebrities or things like that, that, or even, you know, influencers that are paid for tweeting things out. And if you do that, then it's really hard to be able to have a disclosure 
somehow in a tweet. It's 140 characters, for God's sake. So maybe doing like hashtag contest or hashtag sweepstakes could possibly do it because it seems like using that kind of a hashtag as opposed to, you know, they have a hashtag brand XYZ rocks or merely sweeps is not uh, very clear and it's not obvious. So it's not obvious that it's a contest, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it would be very interesting oh, to yeah. see how that happens and especially now and yeah, and it talks, yeah, it absolutely, and, and it says on Twitter, limited space is no excuse. <laughs> That's right. You have to put ad yeah, it says the word sponsored and promotion use only nine characters. Paid ad only uses seven characters. Starting a tweet with ad or hashtag ad, which takes only three characters, should likely be effective. So what do you think affiliate marketers? Like, for example, let's just say I'm trying to help sell Natalie Lussier's um, off the charts little pop-up. Yeah, yeah, off the charts oh. live. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Do I need to put add colon and then talk about checking out Natalie's event? Maybe. Is there, I have a feeling there's one in about an affiliate hashtag, which would be just fine. Hashtag affiliate? Hashtag AF? Yeah. I don't know. Aff, yeah. That, it takes up a lot of space. I mean, that takes affiliate. up a lot of space. Plus, like, does that mean you can never help? Like, what if I just want to say that you're awesome and people should hire you for yoga? Do I have to put ad in front of that? <laughs> Like, isn't it so gray though? Like, what it is great. Well, well, because if you are getting, if you are, if you are getting paid, then you have to do it. Like, if you have signed, if like the ladies that have signed up to be affiliates for the podcasting school for women, absolutely need to disclose. But if somebody's just sharing with somebody, hey, you know, uh, there's this really cool course. and they are not signed up for affiliates, then I don't think they have to disclose. But then there's this also, because what if I'm saying, hey, why don't you sign up for this podcasting school for women is like the coolest thing ever. And it's my course. Is that an ad? Or is that? Yeah, because we get, right, because we get paid when we're doing it. So is, do I have to? But see, it's so gray. It's so gray. Now I'm confused. And then also sponsorships, the in essence, are supposed to be seamless. They're not, you're not supposed to say this episode is sponsored by Cole Han shoes. Cole Han feels delicious or whatever. Like you're supposed to say, you know what, Elsie, I went shopping and I bought these Cole Han shoes. It's supposed to sound like conversation. Yeah. But I think but that's, that's the point, I guess it's deceptive. Yeah. And so that that's oh, yeah, done yeah, and yeah. over. And it's interesting to see all of the it's, it's interesting to see when Kobe, there's a little uh, Twitter discussion on there. Um, where Kobe Bryant ha- says upgrade, like hashtag upgrade your sports drink with at drink body armor, hashtag this is now. And then there's uh, some kind of Twitter update, I think, post. And then somebody responded, oh, yeah. hey, at Kobe Bryant, is this an advertisement? <laughs> so as in, and then he responded, no, zero dollars actually invested my own money in drink body armor because I believe in our own product and our own right. team. Yeah. So that's not like, so that's, yeah, you he, do get money. It is an advertisement. He invested his own. It's his company. But he invested money, which means he gets money when right. they sell more drinks. Yeah. And so this guy says, yes, he should have disclosed his relationship. Should, but that's the question. With the brand. Where is he supposed to disclose it? Upgrade your sports drink with body drink body armor and then the article. Where is he supposed to fit in there? I'm an investor. Like, right. it's ridiculous. How are you... Then it's just, I think, better not to tweet or to pay for an ad. Yeah, just pay for an ad. I just, but yeah, you're right. I think that there's so much of it that is is very, 
It's too gray. It's a, they better not find me a thousand dollars. It's all I'm saying. Well, you know what I started to think about? You know, there's, there's, I, I, um, got, uh, clothes sent to me from, uh, a company called Prancing Leopard. And this was like a, a while ago. This was like, oh gosh, three, four years ago, something along those lines, even before that. Cause I, yeah, something around that time. And they have kind of high end organic cotton clothing that is super funky and really beautiful, um, for yoga. And they used to send me clothing all the time and I would do online reviews. In fact, there's one that I did for, I have like this suit, this like one piece bodysuit thing that's really cute. And I, and I wore it when I was pregnant and it's, and it totally fits your belly. It's so, mm-hmm. and I have an entire, I'm actually going to link the video down there. I have an entire video basically selling this, this suit for, for yoga. And, but then I did this three or four years ago. What do I do with that? Did you get paid? No, they sent, they paid me in clothing. The clothing was very. I got a, almost. I would say between five hundred and a thousand dollars worth of clothing from them because it's very. It's a very high end clothing store. Um, this is a video I did five, three, like I said, three to four years ago. It's already been up. Um, you know what? I, I don't. What know. are you supposed to do? I don't know. I'm asking. Re, I know. Yeah. Are Do you I, supposed to re-edit um, it so that it says it's an ad? Does it does it still get... Well, it doesn't matter if it still gets hits. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a weird question. I mean, could I disclose it? Like, could I disclose in, like, the description and be like... And, and say, like, this happened before the FTC rules came out? I mean... I mean, it was... I it's think not he, fair because they're taking a whole genre of advertising. I mean, all of sponsorship is going to not be able to be displayed on social media. Because the idea of a sponsorship is that you create the content for the brand. So right. you're not going to be allowed to um, to thank anyone for sponsoring without an ad, putting an ad, or you're not allowed to – I mean, it's too gray. You yeah, can't I, just say no ads because ads are – you know, what if, what if people trade? What if, what if I – you know, bought yoga from you and you got marketing from me. Does that mean we can never say that the other person's awesome because we had a, an exchange? We had an exchange. With Is someone. there going to be an investigation on our relationships? <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous. I don't I mean, know. You know, you're right. Cause I, you know, I also had beads sent to me. Um, these also high end beads are like a hundred and something dollars each mala beads that were sent for me and uh, they were free. I mean, they just, they didn't ask anything for me. Basically the note that they sent to me was, you, we heard that you're an amazing person and um, we were told to send these to you. And I got them in there. It's an amazing mala, very beautiful. And I did a video on that as well. I just showed it. I showed that what kind it was. I, it was like a thank you video. Thank you. And I said, thank you so much for sending this to me. These are gorgeous. And I talked about the different kinds. I'll, I'll share that video as well. And, but I don't feel that they were, uh, they just gave that to me. They didn't, there is an exchange, of course. But they're not necessarily my sponsor. I don't have a relationship with this company. Yeah, they just sent you something. Yeah, they, they sent were- it to me, and I thought it was really sweet. And it's really great. It's really great jewelry. I mean, it's beautiful. So- I don't think that wanting to cut down on spam is a bad idea. I don't think that is what's stupid. I think not having rules and regulations that are clear, that cover all bases, that's what's... Um, annoying and difficult like where are we supposed to get the information to know for sure what we can and can't do is there 
I think they have a they've they've updated it. They I guess they've up that's the this article. That's what it's about. I guess it's a matter about deciphering it and, and the U.S. agency updates. Okay, so there's an FAQ page. All right, yeah. let's take a look at it then. Because it's it, that's what it is, and it, it it to me it just seems like yeah, you're right. I don't know like what would happen if I exchange services with somebody. And, or they, or they've done, or they've helped me out like us. Like if we help somebody out in the She Podcast page and they tell somebody else or they tweet out, oh my God, Elsie and Jess are so, you know, generous or whatever for doing this. Is, okay. Are they supposed to disclose that? Here's what it says. It says, you don't have to have any special wording and you don't have to hire a lawyer. You just have to say like, this person gave me this to try or this person sent me this to try and I think it's great. So this way you can still have sponsors. You just have to disclose that you were given or paid, you know what I mean? Right. That, that you I didn't go out and, do it. Yeah. That I didn't really, that I didn't go so buy So your video is probably fine. Yeah. Because you said they sent this to me and they were so nice and here's what I think of it. Right. So then you're fine. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, the, well, there. That's that's nice. Because it's I've done a couple of those things for other people all the time. I mean, whenever they send me things, I would do that. Um, there were some review. There was only one time that I did a review, uh, kind of like a review post on a map that was sent to me. And I and I and but I have a page for people who if they send me stuff, I say I'll get it. But I'm really not in in the in in the ilk of of writing up a review if I don't like your product. I would rather not write a review than give you a negative review in all honesty. Cause I just, yeah. I would prefer not to do that. I'd rather help my people find stuff that's going to help them instead of telling them what to stay away from. <laughs> Cause I just, I don't want to, I don't want to have that uh, over my head. I, I don't, I'm, that's not the kind of person I am, but maybe, you know, I just don't say anything. I don't say anything about them. And mm-hmm. I have that disclosed in a page that you can't really find on my site. I usually send it to people if they ask me a question about, about sending me things and, or will you review this for me? And then I say, yes. And here's, here are my review rules, if you will. And I will send it out. Yeah. I mean, the other part is that if you're not being rewarded or paid, you can say whatever you want about anybody. So if I I can just say that you're awesome and I don't have to like, I don't have to disclose anything because I can just think that. You can't. That's, that's what it says. That's what it, I'm just reading. Like, I know it just no, sounds so funny because it's I like know. I could just think you're awesome. I can just think you're awesome <laughs> and tell people, and I don't have to tell anyone that you're paying me. You're not because I'm not. She's paying me in friendship and kindness <laughs> and partnership. That's right. Oh my god. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, so anyway, just be careful now when you're talking about things. If you are getting. What they call quid pro quo. Well, I didn't say that right. Yes, quid that's okay. pro quo. I would not have. And you should disclose it on some level. On some level, and say, yeah, we exchanged this stuff. Yes. Okay. All, All right. right. So we covered. It. If you guys have any ideas or any, you know, any commentary on that, do send us feedback. We promise we will yeah. play it. Like we're going to we be will playing. Play it. We're playing Dr. Ginger. Dr. Ginger, you're up, love. And so she had this really great commentary on code switching. Uh, our conversation yeah. that we had a couple of um, episodes ago, and this is something that comes from a very unique perspective as well. So we love it. Thank you, Dr. Ginger. Here we go. This is Ginger Campbell from the Brain Science Podcast. I'd like to offer a different perspective on the recent conversation about code switching. As a physician with an interest in neuroscience, I look at this as an important cognitive skill. 
When I was a young physician in training, I had a mentor who had both an MD and a PhD, but he came from a small mill town in Alabama. And when we would go to see a patient who was more of a country folk kind of person, he would suddenly seem as if he was speaking a different language from what we were used to him doing. It just made me aware that this is something that people do naturally, going back and forth between dialogues, so to speak. As a physician, I think it's really important to be able to change into plain English when we talk with non-medical people. And we have to do this you know, constantly, all day long, if we are actually going to succeed in communicating well with people. Admittedly, many doctors aren't good at this. But at any rate, I think it's a very valuable skill, and you shouldn't feel ashamed that you can do it. And you guys talked about the plus-minus of the standard English. I think that, again, coming from a professional point of view, Obviously, I can't talk in the dialects of the various people that I take care of all day long, although I do try to use words that are familiar to them. But I do think that having standard English is really important important if you want to communicate with the largest number of people, especially if you're making a podcast and non-English speakers might be trying to translate what you say into their language. I think that people from other backgrounds should feel comfortable with learning standard English while at the same time they appreciate the value of their native tongue. Both are very valuable. And finally, one more thing. Jess, you do have an accent. Yay! Thank you! Yay! That, isn't that interesting? I yeah. Love that. I love Mary. that perspective as a physician and as a whole. I, I just thank you very much, Doc. That's like a completely thing, something that I have not in any way, shape, or form thought about. That was fun. It was fun to hear that. Thank you. Anyone else think I have an accent, please tell me. I'm very curious. <laughs> So, um, okay. Okay. So we're moving on to an article that we have here. And this article is all about women in podcasting. And this was a report um, of the uh, WNYC uh, event that was held in New York, mm-hmm. which was for, it was basically f- for women in podcasting. And it was uh, put together by CEO Laura Walker, which, who is the president, president and CEO of WNYC. Um, so it was, it was a question one. Why didn't any of us know about it? Well, you know what? (laughs) Let's, let's, this is what we're going to, this is kind of how I want to see if we can address this. I want us to kind of talk about it from the perspective of the the event and what happened. And then, and then I want to talk about these things that came up. All right. All right. Cause, cause it was really an amazing event. I mean, really it was, it was awesome to, to see it. It was awesome to see the website, which we'll put a link in the show notes as well. Cause I believe it still has, you can still stream it live. The video is still there of the panels that they had. And she said that um, Laura Walker in this in this article here that that we're going to be sharing too. She says twenty two percent of podcasts are currently hosted by women. Um, I'm not sure where this came from. She That's said not that true though, right? Well, it it could be because Rob hasn't done it. the reason he, Rob How found the twelve percent. That's what I'm saying. No, because Rob did it manually. Rob did it manually. Jess, he went mm-hmm. into the accounts and he kind of guessed 
which mm-hmm. ones were women and which ones were men. It's not like he called up all, you know, I don't know, 25,000 accounts for Lipson and asked them, are you a woman? <laughs> mm. and, 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 you know, maybe women are running the account, but not podcasting. You know, you never know. And then there's all the names that are like, you know, my daughter's name is Hunter. Like, she's a girl, but Hunter isn't really necessarily always thought to be a, a girl. So mm. you never know. So anyway, he made a, an, a guesstimate and came out with 12%. It seems like 22% of podcasts are currently hosted by women here, up from 11% from 2013. She cites figures from iTunes. In a commentary by Julie Shapiro written in Transom. So I'm not sure where Julie Shapiro got these uh, stats either, but it seems like it says citing figures from iTunes. So maybe she did touch base with iTunes in some way. I don't know. Mm. I mean, if she did that, maybe, right? But that... They they don't ask if you're a woman. I, I mean... iTunes has to count manually too. Well, yeah, you never, but you never know. That's what I'm saying. So I think these are all guesstimates. And if, and and I actually just posted somewhere that I believe it's, it's even a little bit higher than that. In my, in my guesstimate in my brain, I believe we're right around 30% now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little higher than 12, which is what everything, everybody's, I think what is happening is people are still not seeing us. So, but it, this is something that I really loved, um, that Laura Walker said, she says, I want to challenge us to get to 50%. Of course, uh, in her opening remarks at this event, we will make podcasting the first format to eradicate the gender gap starting right here, right now. <laughs> so... I mean, um, I love that. Isn't that I, nice? I hope she's right. Yeah. And I and I do believe that if we get to 50%, how awesome is that? Now, and, and I keep on telling everybody that the challenge isn't necessarily that the women are not out there. It's that the women are not being seen or heard. And um, this is also alluded to Liz Kovart, who left us that voice feedback saying, yes. how can we support each other? How can I let my the rest of the She Podcasters um, get to know about the other shows that are out there? And I think that is a very... Um, it's a wonderful question to keep on asking. Uh, and I think we are the ones that need to solve that. That I think it's up to us. Yeah. Uh, which, is I'm, which is why I'm such a big proponent of sharing everybody's voice feedback on the show so that you get to know who these other women are and that they're out there and they're podcasting about all of these incredible things that most people don't even know that they're out there doing. <laughs> so. Right. So, yeah. So those are like – it was a very um, – she powered uh, event. They had a lot of wonderful insight from both uh, radio, mainstream radio people who are sort of um, also podcasting their radio shows, as well as independent uh, producers that have uh, gotten a lot of uh, support. Uh, for their podcast and, and are growing their numbers and all that kind of stuff as well, which is really lovely. But now I want us to, to, to move into the perhaps a little bit critical or feedback that we have for the event. So what do you have to say, Jess? <laughs> Don't giggle at me, Elsie. <laughs> you know I'm bitter. I know. I know. I'm super, super bitter. <sighs> It, I have not even been able, and I've really, I really, by the way, it is on my docket to do, but I'm, I'm so not over the fact that this wasn't a public event and that it was private invitation only and that it was only open seemingly to people who actually have radio jobs that I can't even bring myself to watch or listen to the like content yet because I'm so bitter about it. Like, and, and I'm not 
you know me. I always ride the middle line between these people who don't like these people and these people who don't like these people. Yeah. I don't like when business people don't like old time podcasters. I don't like when hobby podcasters don't like, you know, I can't stand that men, women, like, I don't like that. Yeah. But that said, I do find it kind of ballsy that they would only invite people who have radio experience because one has nothing to do with the other. One does not make the other. One does not make the other more superior. There are tons of people who podcast that don't have any radio experience. And I'm not saying I sound more professional than any of these other people or that I even sound professional compared to these other people or that my shows are produced as well as these other people. But that is not the point. The point is that you want to build up and support women who are podcasting. Why are you only supporting the people who are getting paid for it by their company or by their radio network like that seems sort of hypocritical to me well i i, I agree i agree with a lot of, of of what you said about that i think that uh the only thing that i i would kind of disagree in is that some of these ladies are still not getting paid so okay, okay. okay. but some of these ladies are, are still not getting paid and and i think the issue is is that right and this was the biggest a tweet that I had when I was watching because I was watching live for a minute there and I I was really inspired by listening to the independent ladies talk about you know um, getting the numbers and developing their work and trying to you know working other other jobs that were their full-time jobs and then and then having to work at this full-time and creating these incredible pieces of audio and and the vision that they had was so amazing but the only way that they were really um, thought like they had made it or that they were, it was really when, when, uh, radio paid attention, when like the, the media, the media, as we know it paid attention and their numbers started to climb. That's when media starts to pay attention to you. That's when you start to get the money. Right. And that's what was the most frustrating to me because it's still the same it's still the same. There's no change. There's no change to be able to empower these women who are creating this powerful content. Like, and I go back to Tally, uh, to Tally's uh, first day back because Tally is not getting. I don't. I believe Tally. Please correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but I don't think she's getting any money for what she's doing. The woman is mm-hmm. slaving away for creating this incredible uh, storytelling podcast that she's she's devised. Where every single time that I listen to the darn thing, I end up in tears and it touches my heart and it's doing mm-hmm. so I many know. incredible things. Her numbers are not that big. I don't think I haven't looked at her numbers or anything yeah. like that. But what I'm saying is she's not getting seen. And the reason she's not getting seen is guess this. This is the way to get this is the only way that it seemed like even from these women to get popularity and numbers to your podcast to be featured on NPR. That's yeah, it. and to that I say F you. Yeah, right? And that's How's it. How's that going to happen? Exactly. Why don't I just strip down naked and walk through the streets <laughs> of New York City? Because that is about as likely for me to get on NPR as it would be for me to call them up and say, I need to be on your show. Yeah, right? So, and it just seemed like, and then all the time, like every, every woman that was talking up there was like, things really changed when I was featured on some NPR show, Fresh Air or, you know, Morning Edition or something like that. And that's when people found out about it. And that's when they started to get the downloads. And that's when people start. And then that's when this sponsorship started. And that's when talks with other companies started. And, And it's so frustrating because how do you even teach that? So basically what we're telling our ladies right now is if you want the kinds of numbers that these, the serials of the world is getting, are getting, you just need to be featured on NPR. That's like, well, that's the all, only answer. Yeah. 
So go. pretty much. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing is, okay, so I just did a search on this festival and I found the New York Public Radio press page. It actually went out on May 12th about this event. Uh-huh. And and there are links that you can buy tickets. Because I was like, you know, when I look in the audience, I see a bunch of dudes. So it must have been public somehow. And right. not all women. I mean, there's a lot of dudes in the audience. Like, especially on this article that you posted, um, it's mostly, I mean, it's probably half and half. But still, I mean, so then I did a search and, like, I can see the press page on New York Public Radio and, like, where you can buy tickets and, like, how much, you know. So it was public. But only two weeks prior and they certainly didn't – well, whatever. I mean I can't just sit here and pout because I wasn't invited if it was a public thing that I could have bought tickets to. But the point is I do think you're right. Like even if we wanted to – let's say we wanted to talk about, which I am creating by the way, a show about how to make money in podcasting. What would be the purpose of featuring these people? Because the only reason they're making money is because they were featured on NPR. Right. What good is that? Why does that help anybody who's listening? Every, you know, John and Jane podcaster are going to learn nothing from that except what? Hustle to get on NPR. (laughs) By what? Stalking them? You have no control over whether somebody else is going to feature you or not. I mean, you can pitch it and pitch it and pitch it and pitch it. Yeah, that's 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 basically it. So so basically, you're right. It's sort of like my conversation about iTunes and you and Noteworthy. So it's sort of like... You just have to keep on pushing, 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 pushing until iTunes features you, and then you'll have the downloads. But that's not fair. I know There's it's no not rhyme fair. Reason Ex- as to why they would choose exactly, one exactly, and so that's the frustrating part. And I'm not, I'm not taking away the the quality and the work that goes with these podcasts. I'm not in any no. way. Super, and these women are fantastic. And they're amazing, and they have amazing shows. Yes, yes, yes. none and, of that is discounted. Yeah, that is it's not discounted. Yes. How can the rest of us like what what are the pieces that the rest of us can take away? Right. And 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 in addition, if there was a second ever women's podcast festival, like would it be worth for for us to go if we're not able to play in the same ball field? Oh god, I can't believe I just used a sports reference. But like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's sort of like saying, you know, um, you too can be a Victoria's Secret model. All you need is a water bra. Really? That's what I need? Is that so? I guess the fact that I'm 5'3 and 200 pounds isn't going to come and, you know, and play at all. You know? Like, really? Thanks. Thanks for your help. I'll take a bra. I'll take 800 bras. Thanks. Oh, my God. That is genius. That is such a genius analogy. I'm serious. That's, like, exactly it. Yeah. Because there's some of us who happen, you know, like, there's, like, an array of, there's, like, an array of women, and then there's the Victoria's Secret model, right? Then there's that. Right. I'm never going to be that. And neither am I. For a year, I'm still going to be 5'3", and I'm getting shorter. And then there's some of us that don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 40 now, and I know it. I know I'm getting short. I'm not going to lie. And there are some of us that don't want to be a Victoria's Secret model. I don't either. You know what I mean? Well, that's what what I'm saying. There's like, I think that that's where the discussion needs to start. I do want to be a professional podcaster like these ladies. Yes. So the only way to do that is to be featured on a big radio show. I mean, that's very discouraging and, is, I, and and i'm not sure i agree with it which is why i feel like it was a very one-sided festival and i don't want i would probably still go let me let me just be honest i'll sell one of my kids to go to be honest i, I want to go <laughs> of course we want to go of course <laughs> I, i'd I love three, to go i have one to spare 
But I so. do agree because, you know, I also posted because there's a discussion that I've had that I had with, an, uh, with another reporter. I don't know if he's actually published the stuff that we talked about. But, you know, one of the questions that he had coming from coming from the radio uh, world, right? Because he, he does public radio. Coming from the pl- public radio world, he was just coming down on – he was coming down – basically to on public radio that the only thing that they're doing in podcasting is repackaging their radio shows into podcasts and that they're not innovating in the space and that basically that is not going to that's not going to work because podcasts work. are their own things it you know works. podcast we there's so many much more creative expression you don't have the, the 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 obstacles or the boundaries that public radio has to adhere to there's a lot more of an opportunity to create long form content storytelling there's no reason to be cutting things up in you know 15 second I don't know it's tidbits or ten whatever however radio is split up right but dude that so, does work whether it's creative or not it totally works as a podcast because I'm thinking of like comedy bang bang daily grace like there's so many TV to podcast podcast to TV like the nerdist or whatever like right. there's a lot of shows that just regurgitate their content. I mean, even like Susie Ormond's podcast is just her radio show. Wait, I'm not, I'm not discounting the ability to do that. I mean, we teach it on podcasting schools for women that you can repurpose your, your, your content and just create, use podcasting as a delivery mechanism as opposed to its own thing, which is perfectly fine. What he was coming into is the fact that public radio and those guys have an opportunity to also innovate in the space and disrupt the space by create, because they've got the tools. They've got the talent to be able to start to break patterns and, and start to do really creative stuff, but they haven't. And so I, I, and then he asked me, he goes, so you being sort of like a leader in this space for the women in, in this space, he was like, do these women kind of want to do that? Do they want to be like NPR kind of stuff? And I was like, uh, I don't think so because our ladies, well, some, of course some, but when I posted it on the Facebook group, I would say about 70% said, no, I just want to get my voice out to my people. But Basically, they also said they do listen, though. They do listen, but there's a difference between listening and doing. It's sort of yeah, like yeah, I watch yeah. the the pod. I, I haven't in a while, but if I had a TV, I probably would. I would see the the Victoria's Secret thing that they have, the show. Where what is it? There's a famous one, isn't there? One with a Pat Victoria's Secret um, winter show, whatever, where they walk around oh, on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the fashion show. The yeah, fashion I show. I would watch it on TV. I wouldn't like sit there and go like, I really want to do that next year. <laughs> Yeah, no. I'm coming back to that to say like, yeah, there are things I watch and there are things that I find entertaining and I I, I see it as pop cultural or I like to study to learn, but I don't want to be that. Well, here's the other thing, Elsie, is that like, and you and I in particular, like, can you imagine us trying to sound like an NPR host? Like, especially me, like, I'm just like, dude, today on She Podcast. (laughs) And then it'll go, Well, no. well, what about the WNYC New York Podcasting Festival? Like, I could never do that. I'm, I'm, I'm finally comfortable with the fact that I sound like a maniac, and I'm always going to sound like a maniac, well, whether a- you put jazz music behind it or not. And you, no offense, you're not a maniac. No, but you don't have that. You're so peppy, though. Like, you don't have that whole like. <laughs> Hey, today on She like neither one of us are going to sign up for that class. Right. It's just stupid. That's not us. That's not us. We could learn something from that class, but it wouldn't stick. Yeah. But see, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's 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 study. It's like 
Yeah, there's study. There's like you study grammar, you study nouns, you study adjectives, you you study the way things come together. You you study all of these things so that you get the roots or the foundation for something. And then you make, you know, the poetry and you make the short stories and you be like E.E. E. Cummings and forget the periods and the, you know, and, and all the other crazy stuff he did. So, but it really, you just need to know, but there's a lot of us who have no interest in having a show like the ones on public radio. Although I wouldn't mind being in public radio, right? Same. So there's a difference. Or there's any a radio. Di- that's I'll right. Work for a Philly station. There's a difference show. between I want to do that, as in like I want to create that kind of a show, where or we can create simply get sheet like this show, develop this show, have different layers to this show, make it and and do take it up another notch, whatever that might be, whether it's a different structure, whether it's whatever that might be, to be able to have that to have that be an opportunity or an option to be mm-hmm. heard in public um, uh, radio or radio for that matter again what do we even ask like you can just call npr well you start to do the same thing with the pitching and all that fun stuff but the first thing that they were talking about is you can keep on pitching all the all the places but what are they going to what's the first question they'll ask do you have radio experience no how many numbers oh of course oh how many downloads do you have what's your audience oh yeah you think even for even women, even if I was pitching Laura Walker, you think she would ask us that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our numbers, our numbers aren't bad. No, but they're not the, the, the kind of number you have to hit. I think 500,000 a month to be considered. What the hell? That's, that's it. Believe right, me, that, that conversation was there. And so that's when it's next it's, month. We'll probably hit that. So it doesn't yes. matter. Just kidding. I don't care if we hit that. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. If I oh my god! But yeah, that was that's the question. How many how many downloads you have? And that's when I get frustrated because I don't think the conversation is about that. It's like it's sort of like the chicken of the or the egg. Of course, people would fall in love with us if they heard us, but they can't hear right. us because nobody knows about us. That's right. So it's like, and how do they know about us? How would they if somebody bigger would support us? But they won't because we don't have the number. So it's like, hello. Mm-hmm. You're kind of just stuck between a rock and a hard place. But they do. We do have bigger people. Didn't the co-host, didn't Adam Curry's co-host say he listens to our show? Hi, John. (laughs) Yes, but he's one guy. He's still, he's an influential guy. Hi, John. I know he is. I mean, we probably have a lot of people who are influential that listen to the show. And the other part of it is that how are you ever going to know? Unless you say, hey, who's influential that's listening? (laughs) Help. You know, but we don't really need. It. I mean, Elsie, what? this is all like you and I don't really need help at this point. No, we don't. We, we're not looking. I mean, if hey, if NPR wants to call us, and if, I mean, yes, you, again, I would sell a child and yeah. go to New York, and I would do it, and I'm sure you would too. Probably yeah. a difficult one. No, just kidding. And then, yeah. um, actually, all little girls are difficult. I'll bring the whole family. I'll That's bring right. the whole You'll entire family whole, with me and the neighbor. Yes, and and the goats. Yes, and they'll all go to New York. <laughs> But anyway, so no, I mean, like, I'm sure we wouldn't say no, but the point is, like, if we were really after that, we would be after it. And we're not. We're after, we're, Elsie and I are more working on ways to support the people who listen, not right support ourselves, although it's sort of starting to blend. Yeah, it kind of blends some in some it's level. Blending. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, it's different. It's a different thing. I think that it's more, it's a different focus, but still it would be nice to have the support. And you, the reason that I, that I'm so adamant about the support and not having it be the numbers is, is because 
Oh, gosh. The impact is really, it, it's very challenging to measure impact. The kind of impact that you have on your audience, be it or be it small, you know, maybe it's like, I don't know, 300 people or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, that are listening to you for months at a time. And this is what happens with podcasting. They listen to you for months at a time. They don't Mm -hmm. ever say a word. They don't ever engage with you. They don't ever say anything. And then all of a sudden, six months later, oh my God, you changed my life. I did this and this because of you. I did this and this because of you. Thank you so much. And it's like, whoa, I had no idea. And yeah. that's not one person. It's a lot of them. So how do you measure that? Like, do you start, are we going to start to list now? This person got divorced and is now happily married. <laughs> this person, <laughs> this person started a new business and is, is, is more deliciously blissed out than ever. This person conceived a baby. I mean, I don't know. How do you yeah. measure that? You don't. So I don't know. And, and yeah, of course numbers will make it bigger, but whatever. I don't think there's a way to really measure impact. I mean, it's hard. I mean, see, now this is my second podcast, as I know it is yours too. And I will say that you can feel when it's happening, but you can't sell that it's happening. No, you cannot sell that, no. But but I wish there was a way you could somehow not verbalize, but somehow have it materialize in a... um PowerPoint presentation somehow that, yeah, you're starting to gain momentum. You can tell that your show's getting somewhere. People are starting to inquire with you. People are starting to friend you that you don't know and follow you on Twitter. Like, how do you, there's no real way of measuring it, which is why actually, you know, because you and I are going to um, flirt with monetizing our show, I started gathering our numbers this month just to see how they grow mm-hmm. because, in three months, you know, I'd like to be able to say, okay, for the fall shows, this is how much we grew over the summer. Um, as you can see, it's a pretty healthy rate. And I'm sure it's only, you know what I mean? Like, if it stays the same, then I'll say these are quality, loyal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there yeah, is a way yeah. of selling it. But totally. like, but you have to measure it first, not just go, I feel a rise in the <laughs> air. <laughs> which we do. I mean, I do. That is true. And it's ab- it's absolutely true. And it's really, we were just talking about that because it is, it's a feeling, it's a sensation to, and, and it, there's a momentum, but you, it's a very slow move. And it's, that's what podcasting is. It's usually very slow. Once in a while, you will get the people who automatically just for whatever reason, like little things aligned, right? The, the right concept, the right audience, the right format, all of that stuff comes together. And you can create like a, this a wonderful, you know, storm of, of rising, uh, rising to where you need to be. But most of us just keep on trucking, trucking, trucking. And what yeah. I've seen is that it usually takes about a year of doing something consistently. And then you start to feel a little bit more of a rise, a little bit more of a rise. It doesn't take a lot, but you're right. It's really, really a tough thing to measure. Uh, and it really is about being able to package yourself and sell yourself and feel what that impact could possibly be. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's we're hard. putting that it to rest hard. now, but I mean, I'm going to, ex- I mean, that's why i I'm going to start another show about making money with podcasts because I feel like these things need to be explored. Like, how do you know when it's the right time? How many downloads do you have to have? Is it ballsy to start asking when you just start? Or do some people have the right to do that because they have experience in other areas? Like, right. 
Yeah, it needs to be explored more and not just by people who are, are professional radio personalities. Yeah, and, and from all the different angles that you could possibly do this, right? Because mm-hmm. there are exactly like the radio models, right? And you would get paid to produce your show, and that's kind of what I love. It's really mm-hmm. challenging to do that, but there are other ways to be able to, to do it. Like the guys from The Art of Charm have done fantastically with their show. Um, they, I think they, they're like making, gosh, like six figures or more now, seven figures with their with their show. Not necessarily as the – it's kind of like the leader the leader way of them reaching out to things, but they've got like events, they have trainings, they have, you know, they have an array of things. They also have, there's another one, uh, a show that I was watching for quite a while and they were so good. The manager tools podcast. And they always had an insane amount of downloads, but they also hit uh, the right industry. Like at that moment, they were project uh, managers. They were training basically pro- project managers. And at that time, businesses were looking for that kind of training for their companies. And so they provided high level training for businesses. And from then on, the word just started to kind of climb and grow and become more and more and more. So they do a lot of trainings all around town. Uh, all around town, all around the country, <laughs> all around North Carolina, up in the mountains with the all coast. around town, um, and, and about town, and they've created this incredibly profitable business as well. They just were able to really key in on that. I don't ever see them talking about new and noteworthy. I don't ever see them tweeting out things. They've got their own audience that they're focusing in on. They're a B two B, and they just do that, right? Yeah. So yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, nobody needs to care about new and noteworthy. Nope, nope. No, uh, we never not, did. Nope, we never did. And it's and it's interesting because you can capitalize on that. But the bottom line is, if we would have hit new and noteworthy the front page, uh, which we did, I, I think for like. A, I mean, who even knows? Bit. I wasn't paying attention. I was because I took screenshots. But still, oh. <laughs> if we if we would have let's say front page like front row, front front and center. There's only a few, I think even then, there's only a few of those people that bumped into us that are looking at iTunes, that are women, that are interested in podcasting or new media in some way that would have stuck with us to the point where, you know, they, they would have definitely just gone with us. Because it's really tough. We are very narrowed down niche. Why would we be so at the that- top? That's the question. And the next question is, do we try and widen our audience by telling people that you don't have to be a she to listen? (laughs) Right. But I think that that's happening on its own. uh, Yeah, it is happening on its own. People are starting to listen whether they're she or he. So it doesn't matter. Totally. And that's, and that, yeah. And they should. And they should. Because we're awesome. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, then there's Uh, that. And I think that we've been talking now for quite a while. So yeah, um, I think it's an hour on the Dodicus. On, yes, on the Dodicus. And so <laughs> let us know what you think about this discussion because, uh, you know, send us your feedback. We'd love to have your voice heard not only by us, yeah. <laughs> but by the, <laughs> for, um, by the community. The community needs to hear you guys as well because I feel that together we can do this. I'm feeling that so much more and so much more. So. What is the question? What do you guys think about making your podcast a job? Is that the question? Or do you do it? How do you do Is that the question? Yeah. Well, what do you, what do you think, think? I think it? about... Um, and about the festival. The I festival guess, and about making, about making sure that you 
about the numbers game. I think that that's what it is. My thing that how are we going to be able to get uh, more eyes on us or more ears on us if -hmm. it's not by being on NPR, right? Because that's the answer right now. We're supposed to be answering that for them, though, technically. But that's yeah, okay. but we would, I mean, we've got lots of very talented individuals with us. That's true. That's true. I mean, there are other ways to do it. It's just slow. Slow. So, so slow. So the feedback, you can email feedback at shepodcasts.com, or you can use SpeakPipe, which is what um, was used by Liz Covart to leave her lovely message. Uh, I think uh, SpeakPipe only, only lets you record two minutes, so she kept it very precise. You can find that at shepodcast.com. I'm sorry, speakpipe.com slash shepodcasts, or download the free SpeakPipe app, and you can do it straight from there it's really great and it gives you really wonderful audio quality we would love to hear from you or you can go join the she podcast facebook group shepodcast.com slash group and get to know us there sign up for the darn podcast movement thingy majigger so you can hang sign out sign up us. for our event podcastmovement.com forward slash schedule and actually you know elsie and i are starting to use our twitter more will you guys please follow us on twitter it's yes. she it's twitter.com forward slash she podcast it's kind of lonely over there because Nobody, Nobody knows, knows that we're on there. Us. Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, follow us on Twitter. I will eventually follow you back. I swears. Yes, we swears. We're trying to, and we're having combos there, and I'm trying to tweet out. Yeah. Lomo, so please. Yeah. All right, yo. But no, but the what? event. The you event. want to meet your person and go to the event too. Podcastmovement.com yes. forward slash schedule. We're right. All there. right. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Sorry. Thank you. Yay. Bye. 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 Right, 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 right.